Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Claire. And this is Cece. And hello, friends, to our headline news edition of our 24th series of Sendition on May 23rd, 2021. We have three interesting stories and even better takes, so let's get into it. Yes, and we'll start out with a little bittersweet story. Uh, Microsoft is finally putting Internet Explorer to rest. This past week, they will finally start phasing out the famed browser with Windows 10. Internet Explorer has definitely been mocked as the slowest browser out there, but I think it's still pretty recognizable as the beginning of this powerful search engine boom many years ago. Many people have actually been calling for Internet Explorer to die off as it has begun to ruin the reputation and expectations of Microsoft in the search engine market. Microsoft does also have Microsoft Edge, but despite that, Google Chrome still dominates the market. It's at a 4% versus Chrome's 64%. But at its peak, Internet Explorer, which is owned by Microsoft, of course, was controlling about 90% of the market and had actually forced the death of a, its predecessor, uh, predecessor called Netscape Navigator. Microsoft has really, really tried to make something out of Internet Explorer, even playing off the meme that it has become, but people do care about efficiency to some point. But there are some people who still do use Internet Explorer, especially in my parents' generation. During the conference that they announced the phase-out at, though, they also announced a new replacement with a codename called Project Spartan, a much stronger name than Internet Explorer. But this new version is going to face a huge challenge of fighting against the the legacy of the very slow Internet Explorer. I don't like Microsoft Edge. Have you used it before? Really? Microsoft, yeah. I, remember I used to have an HP, so I use Microsoft Edge. I didn't actually use Google Chrome, but because by default, Microsoft, uh, Microsoft Edge goes to Bing, and I hated that. I hate Bing. So I revamped it to go to Google Chrome instead. But I do like the design of Microsoft Edge, like the very sharp corner, a very minimalistic look. And it's pretty fast, mm. you could say. I don't know. Just for me, Google seems to be much more functional. So... Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's more compatible. Yeah, plus, Google, I but, think Microsoft Edge is just mm-hmm. like a step to Google if you make it that way, so why not just use Google instead? Yeah, yeah. Internet Explorer is something that I actually used when I was younger. Oh, yeah. Uh, with my old computers. Somebody had actually... It's like the... If you guys... If any of you have a Mac, right? It's... The Safari that they give you. Oh, they force. I don't yeah, use Safari. I can't delete Safari off my phone. I can't delete Safari either. I, I didn't when I first started using my iMac. I didn't really know what was wrong with Safari, but people were like, "Oh, why are you using Safari?" I'm like, "Oh, what am I supposed to use?" Um, but I would say a good analogy would be the Safari of Mac of the iOS uh, software system. But I think this is very indicative of, you know, the life cycle of technology these days, right? Internet Explorer started out big. Now Google Chrome has taken over. Just like 
with other technological innovations. Because I don't think these things, actually, I want to backtrack because I don't think these are innovations per se. They're just different designs of the same thing. They're, They're just all internet versions. browsers at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it started out as, the, take social media, for example. So many, so in my generation, Instagram was the first social media platform that I used that was very popular. But I know that in the millennial generation, MySpace was incredibly popular. And Facebook. And then, oh, oh yeah, it was like MySpace, then Facebook, then Instagram, then you could say now TikTok. Except I feel like this time, social media has, most people are on more than one social media platform. It's just that platform. we have a few dominating right. the market now. Which is Instagram, uh, TikTok, TikTok, Snapchat. Facebook maybe. is still popular. Yeah, but I think more among the older generations now. Oh, yeah. Because no one really uses Twitter. Facebook. When people ask, hey, do you have a Facebook? I'd be like, yes, but I don't use it. Yeah. I think it's more... I think at this point, the social media platform market has definitely matured to a point where there are a set there's not um there's a set number of big players that all have distinct designs right that Mm -hmm. set them apart Mm -hmm. because there's also like not to say that oh and it's not just like the whatever the big three we mentioned right facebook is still very popular there's pinterest tumblr reddit Mm -hmm. i think it just appeals to different demographics and if you're stuck in one, then you don't really see what other people use. I don't know. That might just be a way to also popularize the apps. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, the Internet Explorer is a little different because I don't think there's as much distinct functionality. I don't know how to say it. Like, they're all kind of the same to me, right? Mm-hmm. Except Google just does it a little better than everyone else. While when I'm ta- uh, thinking about social media platforms, they all do things differently and they do it pretty well. Right, but we also have to think about how Internet Explorer was the pioneer mm-hmm. search engine. It's just that now it's a competition between who can do it better and who can get more users. So unfortunately, since Internet Explorer has nothing new to offer us, it's being mm-hmm. phased out completely now. Which kind of sucks because it's a nice... Yeah, because it's a nice memory, I think. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the memes that oh, were yeah. pretty popular back in the day? Yeah. I feel bad. But, I mean, they're really not doing much with it. If they can't get it to run faster, it's their fault. <laughs> I mean, also, Internet Explorer is not a real person. Real person? Yeah. What, real person? Right, like, like I feel bad, but oh, I mean, it's, like it's just a program. You can't really okay. feel bad. I understand. For... Yeah, but like you said, it's bittersweet. It's a good memory, but now it's well. There's nothing new about it, so oh well. Rest in peace, Internet Explorer. <laughs> so moving on to our second story, Associated Press or AP has faced backlash over firing a pro-Palestinian journalist. 
Emily Wilder is a Jewish-American journalist who was actually just hired by AP, and she had been slandered by many more right-wing movements such as the Washington Free Beacon and Fox News. Called anti-Israel, she was quickly dismissed, and after, she posted on Twitter about the double standard and the problem of false objectivity in the newsroom. Associated Press has yet to say exactly what Wilder said or did that resulted in her termination, except that she had supposedly violated their social media policy, since AP is very strict on neutrality. This is the part of a rise in the realization of how Israel-based the U.S. media is toward the violence in Palestine. Considering the fact that Israel also recently bombed buildings in Gaza that Associated Press and Al Jazeera worked at because the state believed there were Hamas intelligent offices there, Many of them even demanded certain investigations for why journalist buildings were bombed. How are they still <laughs> supporting, even though they bombed buildings that Associated Press and Al Jazeera are working at? I mean, they could still report, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say, whenever I see AP, Associated Press is not what I remember first. It is my good college board friend. Oh, AP. Advanced placement. Advanced placement tests. I think, but I, mm, how do I say it? I do see this, I mean, how do I say it? It's not surprising to me that AP is more pro-Israel and like, Zionist because in America, even like it's pretty ingrained in even, I'd say, moderate to right, uh, to conservative Americans. Biden is very pro-Israel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not surprised considering even the president of the United States, who's a Democrat, right, is extremely pro-Israel and anti-Palestine. Mm-hmm. Which I'm very... But it, mm-hmm. I'm very interested... I wouldn't say interested, but something interesting about this whole Israel-Palestine issue is just that i don't know i feel like people that we expect to support different sides don't so it's i don't know just to Mm -hmm. me that their ideologies would line up to a certain opinion about a certain country but we don't see that here which i thought was just very interesting yeah yeah i think this is the first break that i uh i've seen in political discourse mm-hmm. among traditional party goes like i'd say how do i say it? i know many celebrities right who were very very supportive of biden and uh they constantly posted like yes he won mm-hmm. vote for him right and at the same time they're very pro-palestinian right so this is a very interesting change i'd say yeah in general, with us Americans and our political ideologies, we're very divided amongst certain issues based party. off of our ideologies. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, party ideology, yes. For example, abortion. Conservatives and Republicans tend to value or tend to stand pro-life, while Democrats and liberals tend to stand pro-choice, right? But for this one, it's completely different. Yeah, among, of course, that itself is a con. Uh, well, how do I say this? I think one definitely is what you said, intriguing to see this de- deviation mm-hmm. 
but also sad, like sad because I know many of these people who, I mean, I know it's social media activism and that itself is another problem, (laughs) another problem. But I think there's a lack of accountability for this issue of like people who really supported a politician yet um, say they're pro-Palestinian. And I like, I'm not going to say that they're not right because that to them like I can I will never know but I mean I don't should I say like they're Palestinian themselves okay right and yet there's no they're not pushing for any accountability for the person ah, that they voted into office for I see like they're just right? saying because everybody was like Biden but they're not yeah saying oh change like the yeah. mm-hmm like, the whole movement settled for Biden was, like, get him into office, and then we'll hold these politicians accountable, like, choose the, like, just don't vote for Trump, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's no accountability being called for or asked for. Right. I remember, I think we mentioned this in an earlier episode or something, that getting Trump out of office was one of the goals, I think. However, it doesn't stop there. Like, we actually have to see actual change instead of saying, oh, look, Biden's in office now. Woohoo, let's go home. Yeah. And also, the same people... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Do not get me started on... I think it's just... I wouldn't say... I'm not, like, blaming people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not, like... Even my own stance is a little... Like, I'm trying to find a good logical way to go about this Mm -hmm. but say i'll take immigration right especially uh immigrations so illegal immigrations seen under like uh, sorry uh especially under ice right yeah i remember people were like oh no more kids in cages which there shouldn't be because that's like a human rights violation yeah of course and they were like oh vote biden in he's like moral and whatnot blah 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 but at the same time biden has also just like confirmed all these trump era immigration judges oh boy where is where's the accountability (laughs) we thought there'd be change but we're just going right back to the last president and their ideas and their stances yeah and mm -hmm. and i mean even from a point of like whether you agree with uh what your stance on immigration is but it's just like that's why again i this story has really tired me more even more of social media activism like it's always i mean of course i don't see it every day because i don't follow every single person (laughs) in the world but (laughs) like many social media like uh personalities and these viral tweets that i see and it's annoying that it's not Mm -hmm. um like i don't know i don't know i feel like (laughs) like once again i pretty sure we mentioned this in a previous series that if you're a celebrity or if you have a viral tweet about something that's politically based i guess then you could be using your platform to spark change etc basically just get the word out spark change whatnot but it's just a little infuriating when they post about how much they care about certain issues but then don't exactly do much else to invite change yeah 
Like, I don't mind if they don't post at all, right? But if it's the inconsistency. Right, if you're gonna say something, then you might as well follow through with it. But I realized that we (laughs) went on a little tangent. Oh, yeah. Oops. But (laughs) it's okay. But even then, I think that our, my take on this still stands, right? Um, It's the double standards that are often seen. Say, like, AP is seen as a neutral media outlet, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously, when you bomb a building with journalists and uh, the, like, the main office, the, uh, the main office of journalists there, it's normal for the journalist to call f- uh, to like ask for investigation like why did you do this building exactly mm-hmm. right because th- there could be some correlation shifty things yep. going on sketchy stuff but at the same time right they're not willing to keep a journalist who is trying to question how things are being said in the media mm-hmm. right and so that's kind of where the double standard goes right Mm -hmm. like of course uh it's like they're not willing to go all the way for true accountability yeah right because for the bombing of the building they're asking for israel to be account uh uh, like for they're asking israel for transparency and accountability but when someone asks themselves like when they're being asked for accountability and transparency. All of a sudden, it's boop. And they're thrown out of the company. So something something doesn't add up here. Something's wrong. And the second thing with false objectivity, which I think we've talked about, Claire. Right. Mm. Um, it's just kind of that, yes, there is nuance in things. And it's good to be... Uh, objective sometimes but like you know how i don't know if i said it but say 99 percent of scientists say that the sky is blue right but then you have one scientist say that the sky is red yeah there's disagreement right but being objective and saying there's um two sides is well it just gives an illusion that the both sides for example, the sky's blue, sky's red, are equal when in reality they're really not. It's just like a whole way of framing to kind of get people mm-hmm. to believe a certain point. And honestly, it's such a, it's such a dirty trick. Yeah, but that's objectivity. Mm. Last but not least, our third story is that Republicans continue to restrict ballot initiatives that have resulted in legislative that defied their wishes. So ballot initiatives are one of the most, if not most powerful democratic processes because it's the people that can control the introduction of certain bills to be voted on instead of the legislature. Often these ballot initiatives are used towards issues that the state legislature uh, do not agree with such as same-sex marriage, minimum wage increases, and legalization of marijuana. From the political spectrum, especially this has been successfully used recently in Republican-dominated states by grassroots and Democratic campaigners. And in response this year, the Republican legislatures are trying to reduce its power. 
According to statistics from the Ballot Initiative Strategy Center, a research center that focuses on tracking these things and referendums, they say that in around 32 states, such as Florida and South Dakota, about 144 bills have been pushed by Republicans to restrict ballot initiatives. Some of these lawmakers have even tried to gone as go has have even tried to go as far as pushing their constituents to limit their own power. <laughs> and about 19 of these, <laughs> and about 19 out of the lot have been signed into law so far. Please tell me they're not just telling their constituents sign this. It will limit your power. I'm because mm, mm. if you are, that's a dumb yeah. move. I mean, it's uh, honestly understandable to some point because ballot initiatives don't um, ballot initiatives bypass the legislature, right? Process, mm-hmm. but also bypass dense, uh, like the um, the what do you call it? Like congressional district congressional districts right because some areas especially in the cities the more packed areas are more democratic Mm -hmm. right and so of course for a ballot initiative all you need are basically signatures right Mm -hmm. so the more signatures you have that means you can qualify for the ballot initiative right so for these republican legislatures who represent majority republican constituents of course if they don't like what the ballot initiatives are fighting for of course they might do it i mean from a democratic right standpoint it's gonna hurt them right Mm -hmm. because it takes away their power but if they're doing it from an ideological party stance right they're just trying to stop whatever these democrats or progressives are pushing for right so I know when you when I heard about it, I was like, ah, oh, these people, you can't be serious. They're not going to limit, like, who wants to take away their own power? Right. Because people are greedy. Right. I don't but know. If you frame it in a way that just it's doesn't a dilemma. say that, <laughs> then their constituents are more likely to agree with it. Plus, the I think the yeah. average American citizen doesn't know that much about the fine print of politics in general. So they can really get away with it if they want to. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these, it's like initiatives, referendums, and recall, right? Mm -hmm. Are, I think, are so, so, so important to how our democracy runs. Because a lot of the things that can really change, like, because a lot of people complain, oh, my vote can't do anything, right? Oh my god, yeah. And in some cases, I would argue, right, your vote matters less than other people's vote because, you know, electoral college and whatnot. But people often forget that there are these three things, like recall, referendum, and initiative, where your matter does vote. Your what? Um, Your matter does vote? (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) Your girl's a little lost today. Anyways, your vote does matter. (laughs) And I think that's what draws, uh, the lack of education makes people more passive to what's going on in politics, right? 
because if you don't like something, you don't, you can, you know, start your, well, if it can qualify, right? I mean, you can definitely try to start your own initiative. There's nothing stopping you there. But I think the fact, and yeah, not many people do it. It's not as popular in democratic states. And maybe if Republicans were doing it and were being successful, Democrat legislators would try to <laughs> restrict it themselves. <laughs> but either way, I think it's very undemocratic to do so. Mm-hmm. And Republicans are always like, democracy, protect our democracy. You're really not going for that philosophy, my guy. It's so different. What are you doing? Well, we know what they're doing. They're yeah, just like, well, you have to act guys. for what you preach. This isn't right. Well, those are the three stories that we have. But before we leave you today, we have our Sunday snippet into the past. So on May 23rd, so on Sunday, May 23rd, 1934, Bonnie and Clyde, the famous criminals, were shot to death by the Texas and Louisiana State Police while driving a stolen car near Sales, Louisiana. This low-key reminds me of this music video by Anne-Marie and Now Horan that I just watched yesterday. Literally what? Where they were jewelry, you know, Anne-Marie. I know who they are. I don't know what the music oh. video is about. Oh, <laughs> the, song is, uh, the song is called Our Song, and basically it's the music video uh, features them as jewelry robbers. And they get captured by the police. And it gives Mm. me Bonnie and Clyde vibes because it's one girl, one guy, and they're in love. Mm. Anyways, that was a little snippet from my own past yesterday. (laughs) For me, it reminds me of Joker and Harley Quinn. Oh, Joker and Harley Quinn. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. And have a good Sunday.